Hey friends, Allison here. Um, what you're about to hear was recorded what feels like several years ago, uh, because time has no meaning anymore, but which was actually uh, sometime this summer, um, I think July this summer. Um, so a lot has changed and also not all that much has changed. Uh, but if at any point you think, wow, that seems like an outdated reference, that is why, uh, you should know that the next episode you'll hear has already been recorded and the one after that is scheduled. So we promise to get back on a regular posting schedule with this new project you're about to hear, um, which should keep us occupied certainly until Outlander comes back, um, assuming it does, which we have no reason to doubt. Um, and maybe maybe well beyond. So, uh, without further ado, Oh, one more thing. <laughs> uh, I listened to this after we recorded the next episode. Um, so we all repeat ourselves, including making jokes. And I'm also mortified because at one point I, I accept Mr. Bingham as Mr. Bingley's name, which is just an affront. What is wrong with me? Um, so yeah. So when you hear me <laughs> tell the same story next week, now you know why. Um, that's all enjoy and uh and we will be back in inside inside your eardrums really soon bye oh god my baby hands baby <laughs> you know the best part about this is that we're so we're recording this and also using zoom at the same time so we can see each other, which is, I have to admit, already way better. Very so nice. Much better. Because I miss recording the podcast in person so much in a way that's like borderline irrational. I just <laughs> want to be sweating in Julie's apartment, uh-huh. listening to Neil occasionally go like, that's not accurate, or like some shit from another room. Like, I just, I want all of that. And, and instead, we're all in our homes, whatever. It's fine. We're being safe. We're being good. But it's very nice being able to see each other. And the point of that is, when we just all opened our shit right now, uh, Janine <laughs> held up his glass of water and flicked it. Ow, fuck, I flicked it twice. <laughs> Did you just injure yourself flicking a glass of water? Jesus. You got oh, what you deserve. I got so excited about this bit that I was a part of. Oh, <sighs> damn it. Well, welcome to Podlander Dronecast and Outlander Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hey. Uh, and we... <laughs> um, man, I just got such a rush. I'm really glad to be talking to you guys again in this form. Um, we are here for our first episode of Outlander. TM. It's TM, fine. somebody from the Slack. I don't remember who. I think it was Terry, but I'm not sure. But I, I will say that I'm so much happier with that than the alternative. Than the other. Yeah, I'm not going to even say it. Uh, but because this is, if all goes well, this is going to be a lengthy project. So it has its own name and then a sub name. Mm-hmm. This was like a this was a group effort between Julie and I, which I have to admit, when Julie and I come up with funny names or things, it's usually a little pretty bit good. like this. Like it's pretty pretty good. Either Aaron just sorry, who's Aaron? Either Janine just says something and it's funny, or <sighs> Julie and I will like joke, 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 joke. <laughs> And then we arrive at the final joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, like, that's how we got to live fan fiction, by the way. And yeah. in this yes. case, um, we, this is uh, Sauced in Austin, <laughs> Volume 1, Imbibe and Prejudice. <laughs> oh. I'm so tickled. Oh, I'm so tickled. Oh, One goodness. night, it was right before I went to sleep, and I just texted Allison. I was like, Allison, Sauced in Austin or Austin, Austin sauce, like awesome sauce. Oh. 
And she's like, no, I like Austin Austin. And then she's like, imbibe and prejudice. And I was like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. We're done here. So Maybe we don't even have to record. Just drop that's it. it. Bye. Done. We're done. Thank you. <laughs> Send the awards directly to our individual homes. We're yes. all still self-isolating. Um, <laughs> Uh, after this, presumably, we'll do sensibility. That <laughs> just, is fun. That was just off the top of my head, but I do um, like the sound of it. Just say it; it was fun. Say sensibility. I like this. <laughs> this is <laughs> like in line with us, just you know, fucking around. Great enunciation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? This makes me realize too, though, and kind of just to take it a step back, since we're since we're getting back to basics here and are looking at each other in the face, and it's I feel so that nice. that's very important. I'm also drinking a Miller Lite today, like taking it back to basics. Yeah, old days. We were just uh, talking about this uh, this weekend how we haven't had a Miller Lite back on the show, so this is nice. We are yeah, getting back. Yeah, we're to do, we're doing it all. Yeah. Um, this means we can do Dude Lander. Mm. Oh shit! Yeah, imbibe mm-hmm. and prejudice, Dude Lander. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, Lander for without Lander because we can do oh, this. Oh, because we can see each other's faces. Yeah, yeah man. Because that was yeah. the reason we didn't want to do it. Because part of the reason is we got to see the grimaces from Kevin. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. All right, Although, all right. I'm sorry. We I won't be able to have Janine get locked in the bathroom though. <laughs> listen, listen. I, Ooh, that I was can, a throwback. That was a throwback. But also, <laughs> listen. Uh, never say never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but if you get locked in your bathroom now, Janine, we're going to have to come break into your apartment to set you free. <laughs> One of you should actually have a set of my keys. So Yeah, you should probably... Actually, you know what? You know who should have your keys is the Lorises. Yes, they're right across the street. That's true. Yeah, That's true. But, uh, but if you want to make a separate set of keys, like, obviously, gladly. Yeah. yeah. Plus, Julie and I are going to go to actual war over who gets to cats at Jasper, so... <laughs> oh, <laughs> actual wow. war. There this will not be a battle. Yeah, I'm gonna. I have already started the campaign for Hearts and Minds. I started already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, we're gonna kick off imbibe and prejudice. Austin Austin, Volume One, imbibe Volume One, imbibe and prejudice. Imbibe and prejudice. by talking about our Pride and Prejudice journeys uh, with a very special main event that we're very excited about. So what I want to know from both of you is, like, what is your relationship to Pride and Prejudice? Have you read it? How many times? Have you seen it? Which versions? Which ones do you like best? What's your favorite? Like, all the shit. Just tell me your Pride and Prejudice thoughts. Janine, go, because yours is going to be way shorter than mine. going to be very short. Tell us. don't Don't tell us. This is very important. Don't tell us what you think Pride and Prejudice is about. Perhaps oh, yeah. we'll return to that later. What we want to know is just like, have you seen it? Have you read it? Yeah. Uh, so my my initial reaction to all that is like, you could have so many thoughts about this because I've only seen <laughs> the Kira Knightley one. Um, so you have seen you have seen, but it. you have yeah. seen it. Okay. But that was like when it came out, and I, I obviously was seeing it because I have a huge crush on Kira Knightley, mm-hmm. and I don't particularly remember much except the rain scene. Yeah, well, um, yeah. Which is good. Uh, but um, that is... And then, uh, otherwise, apparently Jane Austen is fucking everywhere. And I apparently don't even realize how often I interact with it. So that's my experiences. With Jane Austen will fuck anywhere. <laughs> you know what I always did here? She was thirsty. She was she <laughs> like, dressing room of a low-rent department store? Get it. McDonald's mm-hmm. bathroom? Ready. Mile yeah. High Club? She was the first member. She was the first, and it was a hot air balloon. Yep. yep. <laughs> with or an a arrow blip. Knot. With an arrow knot. <laughs> no, I guess blips wouldn't have been invented. Not even a blip. A dirigible. Let's oh. <laughs> 
Also, y'all are going to hear a lot of background noise today. Congratulations, people who love ASMR. I need to tell you that moments before we begin this podcast, um, uh, the elusive uh, Tom, my partner, uh, dropped a light bulb and it, like a fancy light bulb, a very delicate glass, and it exploded and went everywhere. Um, and poor, poor Janine and Julie heard me go, oh my God, and like heard the terrifying kaboom of the light bulb breaking Mm -hmm. so then we had to stop so that we could start cleaning up so if you hear like trash bags and shit that is tom sorry deal with it my cat is precious it's awesome no you gotta clean it up you You gotta deal with it you got it and he's being Mm -hmm. a champ thanks tom care of it on his own Mm -hmm. anyway um anyway patty as they say uh okay so that's it you've seen the karen knightley one and you're surprised it's such a big deal yes Mm -hmm. often cool all right julie what about you I think that I read Pride and Prejudice for the first time when I was in middle school. So I, th- I think I've read the book twice. I've seen the A&E series from beginning to end twice all the way through. I have not seen the Kira Knightley version. Uh, mostly because I'm one of those old codgers that's like, why improve upon perfection? (laughs) (laughs) So I just never did. Uh, I love Jane Austen. I love how funny her writing is. And I think that I didn't really get how funny it was when I was a kid. And now as I'm older, I get how just really arch and hilarious all of her social commentary is. So I would say big fan. Uh, I think I tried to read Persuasion once and couldn't really get into it. But I've seen Clueless, uh, duh. So I've seen Clueless and the new Emma, which was amazing. It's so good. It's so great. You know what, Aaron? You would love it. Yeah. The new one that is it Hulu? We it's um, I'm not sure where it is right now. It might be on Hulu. Um, it was it was released in theaters and then promptly released VOD uh, because it came out in like February. So oh, like oh, a lot I, of oh. things that were yeah. still supposed to be getting box office money, they rushed its VOD release. So we watched yeah. it. God, I don't know. It's in so February, good. At some point, March, um, February, March. Janine, I don't know if you know this, but the movie Clueless. Do you remember Clueless from the nineties? Oh, yes. That oh, yes. is Emma. That the story of that movie is the story of Jane Austen's Emma. A pretty no faithful sh- adaptation mm-hmm. of Emma, actually. No shit. Yes, yep. man. That's yep. pretty, one of the great Austen adaptations. Like I said, uh, apparently I interact with Austen all the time. And I don't even realize it. So she's a fucking badass. Okay. Uh, Janine also recently saw the Legends of Tomorrow episode called seance and sensibility so there's that too yeah but that's more like that, that's a good I, name though. i mean that was a good jane austen cameo and very from what i understand but also bollywood fucking great mm-hmm. uh so i think if we get to persuasion at some point it should be persuasion mm-hmm. or like lie pers first in, no no i'm, I'm gonna Per libation. I'm totally going to have to workshop this on my own in the dark, staring up at the ceiling and just muttering words to myself until I hit it and then text. And then Emma should be ma. Ma. Like a laugh. Like ma. We'll have to workshop it. All right. Julie, anything? I mean, what about the rest of the Austin verse? You've. I know, I know for a fact that you've seen Sense and Sensibility because you watched Oh, yes, of course. I've, I've seen the, um, the Emma Thompson Sense and Sensibility. And was there a uh, Gwyneth Paltrow one? Emma. That was Emma. What was the other Sense and Sensibility? There was another Sense and Sensibility, right, that was uh, directed was a, by Ang Lee, maybe? 
Ang Lee did direct that set. Okay, so that was the Emma Thompson one. Was there another one? There's a miniseries, an Andrew Davies miniseries from, I don't know, 2008-ish? Yeah, no, I didn't see that one. Um, um, and I know that Sanditon was just on PBS. Sanditon. But I, Sanditon, but I did not watch that. Uh, I would just an say interesting I'm, case. I'm a general fan of her work, and I'm happy that people still talk about it because it's really fucking good. It is the shit. Yeah. Um, okay, me. Uh, so I have not read all of the like partial novels um that's where we'll start <laughs> so like i haven't read love and friendship and i haven't read whatever the story that the movie love and friendship is based on which is not love and friendship i haven't read that one <laughs> it's confusing um, this is getting deep uh, Love and Friendship is fucking great. Uh, we will maybe get there someday. It is my very favorite Kate Beckinsale performance, a thing you wouldn't think to say all that often, but it's a very good little movie from three or four years ago. Um, I'm a big fan of hers. <laughs> she's good. She's good. Um, she, she likes a vampire. I finished that Underworld um, set of movies. Can't say trilogy. Uh, they get worse and worse and worse. She's so <laughs> dedicated to that. <laughs> well, she loves, she loves a vampire. Um, I read Pride and Prejudice for the first time. I think I was also in middle school. It's a little tough for me to say. Um, which is also when I saw, I saw the miniseries in high school. Um, I have seen the Karen Knightley one, but only once. Um, I have not seen the Laurence Olivier. Me neither. I have seen Death Comes to Pembele. Oh, yes. I have, too, seen Death Comes to Pembele. Pembele. I have not seen the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, which I'm very excited about. Um, I have seen Bridget Jones's Diary. Uh, duh. Uh-huh. I've seen Bridget Jones. I See, Aaron, once again, that's an adaptation of Jane Austen. It's a, it's a again, fairly faithful mm-hmm. adaptation of, like, obviously contemporary, but in, but the, like, structure of it similar in shape and feel mm. to um, Pride and Prejudice. Yep. I haven't seen that either. Which is hilarious because Colin Firth plays Darcy in both. Yeah, that's, yes, that is where my head was at where I was like, so Colin Firth is just pulling double duty there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Quite intentionally. Yeah, because oh, okay. the A&E came out years before, well, not years, but a couple of years before oh, Bridget y- Jones' years. Diary. Was it, when, when did, the A&E one was 92? <laughs> Something like that, 92, 93, in the 90s, and then Bridget Jones, when did that come out? Like nineties, so that was when Jones I was in college, diary. right? I'm Google 2001. Googling it, bam! Uh, it made two hundred and eighty-one point nine million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Jane Austen stories pull in the fucking cash because they they're do. hilarious. They're very funny. Um, and Hugh Grant is in that one, and he's also in Sense and Sensibility. Uh, I love the Ang Lee Sense and Sensibility. Mm-hmm. I have the screenplay, which comes with Emma Thompson's shooting diary on the back of it, and it is a gripping read. I love it so much. Um, I love that movie. I've seen that miniseries. Um, I have seen most of Sanditon, but didn't finish it, but that's weird because Jane Austen re- wrote like, five minutes of Sanditon and then died. And um, mm-hmm. they do everything she wrote in the uh, in the book in the first episode. So then somebody finished it. Um, it's a little weird. Uh, what else? I love Persuasion. Uh, Is Persuasion the one about the poor girl that 
ends up with the rich family. That's Northanger Abbey. Thank you. I have, North, I, I've North, only read part of that one, and I've never finished it. Northanger Abbey is fucking hilarious. Um, it's very, it's early Austin. Not everybody loves it a, as much as I do. Um, but basically, it's Jane Austen um, defending novelists while making fun of people who read too many gothic novels. Um, <laughs> and there is an audiobook version oh, that's uh, one of those adaptations where they basically turn it into a play. But the but the narration of Northanger Abbey is so important because of the Austin commentary and because of the stuff that's going on in the main character's mind where she's like working herself up into thinking she's in a gothic novel when she's not. Um, and Emma Thompson is the narrator. And it is so funny. It is so funny. Um, I don't love Mansfield Park. I have never seen an adaptation of Mansfield Park. And I also have never seen an adaptation. Of Persuasion is the, is the one that's the least funny. Um, is that the one where she almost falls off a cliff or whatever? What's the one where she almost falls off a fucking cliff and the dude saves her? I don't think that happens in Persuasion. Up. It was on, not up. Somebody, Hilarious. Somebody goes like, catch me, and jumps off, an idiot, goes, catch me, and jumps off a hill in Persuasion and then doesn't get caught uh, and is injured. Maybe there was. This a is a woman who is persuaded to break up with her fiance because it's an unsuitable marriage, and then is still pining for him years later and reencounters him and what mm. happens. Um, Anne Elliot, she's great. There is apparently a very, very good adaptation of that starring Sally Hawkins, who I fucking love. Um, so maybe we'll get to that eventually. Point being, I've read most of Austen, <laughs> yeah. um, and I really love her, and I think she is so funny. And I have seen the, this A and E miniseries. Many times, mm -hmm. okay. many times. Okay. What? What? Uh, here's a question for you, since you've seen it more often than I have, because it's an it's a you know you got to make an investment because it's several hours. Yeah, six hour six episodes, all about one hour, hour each, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what is it that brings you back? What was going on in your life when you watched it? Like what? Because I have two very specific times that I watched it and I know like why it was so um, um, alluring at that time or the, like I just wanted to see it but it's so interesting that somebody would watch a six hour miniseries like more than three times well people you know people watch TV shows over and over again is this like a Kelly and Frazier situation? Sort like a of comfort sound, like a like a West Wing situation. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. It was my default background noise for a while. Uh, but I also just there's something about it. I don't know. It's funny. Yeah. Um, it's so funny, and it's that like decent people get good things mm -hmm. despite lots of shitty things happening. Right. Hmm. And shitty people, it's not so much that they get what they deserve as like, they, they keep lose on status. doing their thing. They all lose status somehow. They yeah. all, or are like forced to deal with the fact that these people that they resent are thriving, which right. for them is punishment enough. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, but I just that made me think of the scene between her and Lady Catherine. Yes, but well, Lady Catherine. Oh, what a good. Ooh. I know that scene is fire. It's great. <laughs> um, oh, also, I have seen and read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Um, that book is a hoot that you can read once and then be done with it. 
Uh, the movie is hot garbage. Can't wait to watch it and talk about it, guys. I read the book. I read the book. I'm not looking forward to watching that one. They actually made that movie? Oh, they yeah, made that yeah. movie, and they made it completely wrong. They made it very serious. Oh, it is... Uh, the book is, is hilarious. The book is the, so funny. The book knows exactly what it's doing. It's a little bit like World War Z. The book, World War Z, very fascinating read. The way they approach it in that goddamn movie, fucking Christ. Well, the <laughs> thing that's so great about Pride and Prejudice oh, and Zombies, the book, is that it is just Pride and Prejudice... Like, the text of Pride and Prejudice is in there. So you are reading Pride and Prejudice. It's just that there are also zombies. <laughs> that just kind of occasionally appear. And it's and really... That, and then they, deal with them. And then he right. writes it in the style of Jane Austen. And so all of the, like, zombie attacks and the way that their lives have changed because of the presence of zombies is all written in that style. Whereas the movie is like restoration comedy but also a zombie movie and they just don't Ugh. really give a fuck about the pride and prejudice terrible. part which is why people liked it in the mm. first terrible. place terrible there's one re- well no there are two redeeming qualities of pride and prejudice and zombies uh one i will tell you now specifically you janine the other i will not because it's just fun to experience it so the one the first one is that uh a character um not mr darcy but a very good character in the book is played in the movie by Matt Smith. Oh. And he is very funny and good. Right. Oh, my God. Is he who I think he is? Probably. It starts with a C? Yes. Nice. He's okay. very funny. Um, <laughs> that's and then the, the funniest o- part in the book. The other thing that's good is the person who plays Lady Catherine and the way that she looks and the way that they approach her, okay. which will tell you. Janine, that doesn't mean anything to you, but Julie. I am. You'll see when we get there. All right, I'm um, into that. I'm into it. <laughs> anyway, so that's my. I'm like a big, big fan. Um, Julie and I had a very. Oh, and what when it came? So I. That was your question. Is like mm-hmm. why I revisit it. So um, I hadn't seen it from when I was in high school until I don't know five or six years ago. Um, and that's when we watched. When it, we right? watched it, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, we have told the story on the pod before, but. Julie and Tom and Neil and I were, Tom was visiting from Portland and um, we were snowed in. It was, it was like a huge snowstorm, like city shutting down snowstorm. Um, Tom was stuck here. Uh, Julie's office was closed, like the whole nine. Um, And we got very stoned and watched. Talked those dudes into watching Pride and Prejudice. Well, we played, (laughs) this is another important thing. I own a card game called Marrying Mr. Darcy where you have to, you can shoot the moon by becoming Jane Austen, basically, but you have to try to marry the right It's the only person. way to win. You have to win these, like, qualities and things. It's fun. It's a funny game. There's also a Zombies expansion pack, which I also own. Um, <laughs> we were playing that and then got super stoned and decided to watch Wet Hot American Summer, which somehow only I had seen. Uh, and then somehow we talked them into watching Pride and Prejudice. And the A and E version. The A and E version. By the way, you guys. So, so it's a watched, full six hours. So we watched the first three hours one night, and then the next three the second night. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, I think it was at the beginning of hour two, Neil and Tom and Neil were like begrudgingly watching, but you know, enjoying it. They're open-minded chaps. And at one point during the second episode, right at the beginning, Neil paused it and said, "Wait." is this supposed to be this funny? And we were like, yes! <laughs> yes! You see, the problem is you see a long skirt and you assume it's a drama. No! Jane Austen is fucking hilarious. Um, it's a very fun memory for me. So anyway, after that, I just sort of got back 
like fell back in love with it. I was in an Austin book club for a while, which sort of reintroduced me to some of the, some of her work, which I had read and, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I've always loved Sense and Sensibility. That's one of my favorite movies. So, and that had been on my mind because of Alan Rickman's passing. I wrote about it a lot around right. the time he died. And, right. um, Colonel Branwell, Brandon, Brandon, Colonel Brandon. Brandon. He's so fucking good. <laughs> He's so good. Dreamboat. Yep. Total. Just staring, just staring. It's good. He will cross the moor in a rainstorm to carry you home. He will. He will. Although that is a different character. <laughs> oh my God. I thought that was him. No. Doesn't he take Kate that's, Winslet? That's Willoughby. Oh my God. I thought that happened. In, I thought Alan oh, Rickman. It did. happens in Sense and Sensibility, but it is not Colonel Brandon. It's Willoughby. What the fuck? Colonel Brandon rides all through the yes. night. Yes. To that's get right. her mother. You're right. You're right. All right, see, it's all bleeding together. This is happening at the right time to get me back Mm -hmm. into Austin Land. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, by the way, I've also seen and read Austin Land. Decent read, terrible movie. Oh. Um, (laughs) That's the one where the gal time travels and lands there, right? No, that's the one where um, there's like like a retreat for rich white ladies where you go pay to... Pretend you're in a Jane Austen. That novel. sounds fucking terrible. The book was fine. The movie was bad, and they had Carrie Russell too, and it was still bad. I saw that. It's bad. I don't know if it was good or bad, but it's Carrie bad. Russell was in it, and I like Car- her. I mean, Carrie Russell. You, do you have any idea how hard you have to work to make something that Carrie Russell is in bad? It's hard. like you've already got a, like a plus one hundred cheat code. If it's seriously. bad, you've seriously screwed up. Yeah, Carrie mm-hmm. Russell can pretty much be put into anything. Oh yeah, Carrie like, Russell can do anything. Yeah. That's like, mm-hmm. she's like a Including, salt. you know what else she can do? Get it. Yeah! She can get it. Oh, yeah. I forgot to bring my fan in here like an idiot. Mine's Damn. too far Here, away. Julie, I hold on, I gotcha. It. Just for me. Yeah, yo. Look at Thank that. you. Oh, my Perfect. God, it's so refreshing. Oh, I yeah. am wearing my uh, fucking caftan today, though. Ooh, so. is that a new one? <laughs> no, I've had this one for a while. Do you have multiple caftans? I have this caftan, and I have... Two moo-moos, and then I have house dresses. How that's the house dresses I'm thinking of. Yeah, I have I have uh, like three house dresses. One of which is super baller, and I got it in a state sale. But the rest of them are all just like if I see it somewhere, I'm like, does that look like something Mrs. Roper would wear? If the answer is yes, I immediately buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the hunt for my perfect caftan. Um, with Here's the, the trick, guidance of, of Miss Keenan, Sweet Nothings NYC. Let me tell you a secret, though. Please. They're all perfect. <laughs> because when you get one and you put it on and you realize what you've been missing, a whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. Okay, noted. Uh, what I do have that I'm rocking and enjoying is a summer robe. Makes me feel fine. It is made of cotton that is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Got it from Target for $30. Um, anyway, I'm enjoying my summer robe. Nice. Summer robe. Uh, I tried to put on my winter robe the other day just to swan about. It's not appropriate right now. No. I put mine on this morning because I was like in a rush to start doing this citation work that I'm doing and yada yada. And I was like suddenly sweating. I was like, am I am I stressed? And I was like, no, because I'm wearing a goddamn fucking winter robe I'm and it's hot. 80 degrees outside. Too hot. Apparently mm-hmm. I'm in a singing mood because I also almost went suddenly sweating. <laughs> 
because of my robe choice. It's heavy and terry. And it, it soaks so up my sweat. <laughs> Suddenly sweaty. I'm so sorry, Jasper, that you have to see this. That's all I got. Jasper's my friend. <laughs> Y'all, we did a, um, uh, all three of us dropped in on the, the drunk slack Zoom happy hour that they're doing, I think, most weeks at this point. Yeah. Um, we all dropped in on it this week, and Mr. Janine Pagel <laughs> had set up a Jasper cam. Jasper <laughs> had his own camera, so it was like Zoom window, a whole bunch of very nice ladies and other persons, and then... A cat, Jasper, with and his, he, and it said, Jasper, Jasper. And he was like, he knew that was his angle. Like, oh, he, he did. Yeah. He was finding oh, his he light. Knows. He knows. Yeah. He was finding I, his light. Yeah, he, he was, was great. great. He's gonna be. He's gonna be a, a cinema cat. I think. He's never gonna be on set. I won't let that happen. But no, never. He could do it. Um. So basically, what we're gonna do, folks, is we're gonna start with the A and E Pride and Prejudice, and then we're gonna imbibe in prejudice until we can't take it anymore. Um. Who knows? Maybe we'll watch all of the things that we just listed. We're for sure watching Bridget Jones's Diary because that's just a treat. Of course. Totally. Um. I've also read that book. That book is really. If you haven't read that, that book, is fun and it's filthy. Mm-hmm. Filthy. Um. Also, Hugh Grant and Colin Firth are both mentioned in it, and oh, then really? they're yeah. in the movie, and then they're in oh. the movie. But as characters and not themselves anyway mm. um hugh grant is also very good in sense and sensibility by the way dreamboat that scene with him and emma thompson in the parlor it's so good <laughs> it's so good it's one of my favorite movie moments so fucking just good. ever um anyway so we're starting with the a and e pride and prejudice we'll have some guests along the way if you want to watch with us it is on hulu so if you have a hulu subscription you can watch uh you can also buy it on DVD for not a zillion dollars. Um, and I think it, you can also rent it through like iTunes and Amazon and those kinds of places. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've got Hulu, you're covered. So the next time you hear us, that's what we'll be doing. We'll be watching the first episode. But for now, what I want to know, and I'm going to hand things over to Julie because she's the expert. I'll assist, but okay. she's the expert. Um, what I want to know is what Janine thinks happens in Pride and Prejudice. Well, since he's seen the Kira Knightley version... He probably has a little bit of uh, an idea. I have a baseline. Okay. So <laughs> let's walk through it. Okay. What do you know about Re- Pride and Prejudice? Really quick, Julie, can you explain why it is that you're the authority on this? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just assume that all the bitches that listen to this <laughs> also listen to Maria Salt. So I do another fun, just kind of silly comedy improv podcast called Maria Salt where I make people who've never seen a movie tell me what they think that movie is without having ever seen it it's pretty awesome Maria Solved as in how do you solve a problem like Maria if you want to look it up it's pretty funny Aaron I'm sorry Janine has actually done this before when he tried to Maria Solve season one of Outlander (laughs) because he had only seen like two episodes he actually did a pretty good job yeah there were more sheep in my version which I think was okay well I think that's just more realistic you don't have enough time to really focus on the sheep in the show they're too busy with other shit sing me a song of a lass who is (laughs) but please know that every time some iconic scene is happening there is a sheep somewhere nearby 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Coincidentally, that's also true of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> yes, there's always a sheep near. They need that wool. See, this is why I feel so confident in my ability to describe this show, because I already have a baseline of sheepness. All right, so here we go. Suddenly, so. sheep herd <laughs> is walking beside me. Okay. Oh, so, point is, listen to Maria Solved. Julie, if you ever need a bonus episode, just go ahead and kick this out, too. Why not? Both feeds. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to record it in lockdown, and it's not... I haven't been happy with what's going on, so I'm taking kind of a break from it. But trust, the wheels are turning. Okay. They're a turning. Good. Um, so here we go. All right. So, Aaron. Yeah. I'm sorry, Janine. Mm-hmm. Janine. Who's Aaron? What do you factually know about Pride and Prejudice? Like, do you know character names? Do you know... I know Mr. Darcy. Kay. Okay. Um, and that's probably not because of when me watching the show. It's because that is such a pop culture reference yeah. these days. Yeah, ubiquitous, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the main character's name. Okay. Uh, I don't know anyone's name, frankly. Um, I know that it's about someone, and this is actually, I don't actually know if this is true of this show, of this one. No, no, yeah. I know that it's a, this main character, she is slated to marry someone, and that, uh, or is trying to figure out mar- getting married, and Mr. Darcy is somehow not the choice, but is the choice that she would prefer. And Okay, um, so. That's what I got. That's... That's great. Oh, great. So, <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. You okay. can keep this as abbreviated as you want. Okay. Give us an elevator pitch of Pride and Prejudice. Whatever names you come up with, whatever plot points you come up with, they're 100% correct as far as we're concerned. Okay. So if you got into an elevator right now with Emma Thompson and we're like, Emma, help me make this. What would you say to her? And you, you're 100 percent confident. I yes, am. you know totally. all of course. this. You're for an expert. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So Emma, <clears throat> uh, I'm sorry. Don't you mean ma? Ma. <coughs> ma. Um, so uh, I can't do that. I can't keep that up. So Emma, um, I got this great idea for. I have this story that I want to tell. Um, it's really awesome. Um, so it deals with uh, kind of regency. Uh, England, and we're dealing with problems of like status and hierarchy, and we open up on this um, uh, woman who's near marrying age. Uh, we'll call her Elizabeth, um, but I'm not going to keep up with Elizabeth, so we're going to call her Betty, um, and not like not Beth, just Betty. We're going with Betty. So okay. Betty is thinking, "Hey, I am of this marrying age, and my family is pressuring me, and..." You know, I have some sisters who are all getting married. One who's married, one is younger. Um, and, uh, you know, the married sister is not very happy. Um, and uh, I am about to be married. And my younger sister is, like, carefree and wonderful and makes a lot of art, usually with crochet, um, sometimes <laughs> with um, st- stitching. Uh, she's like, uh, um, uh, uh, what, what, what do we call Knitting with knitting needles because there's so much wool because we're actually near a sheep farm. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> so um, she's carefree and arch. And that's like, I feel like I have to represent, or I'm speaking for Betty right now. Betty is feeling like I need to represent what it could be to be a woman in this time, right? Like I am carefree and courageous and I don't feel like I should have to be married. Like my family's trying to marry me off to somebody. And the person they're trying to marry me off to, big giant dick, right? 
Betty is like, I don't like this guy, right? He's got all this money and land, and, you know, that's apparently very important. But the thing about him is that he's just a piece of shit. Full stop. There's no other descriptions for this guy. He's just, like, a piece of shit. Um, I'm sure he's probably quite nice in his own right, and we have to have some humanizing components to this, right? Because this is a full story, and we really got to get these characters fully fleshed out. Um, But in the end, he just doesn't do it uh, for me as Betty. Um, (laughs) You know what? That's not exactly wrong. (laughs) Uh, So Betty, um, Betty in trying to figure this out, because we have this is about kind of the preamble of the story where we're getting Mm -hmm. the sense of the family and, you know, walks around the parlor and how that's the thing and they do it all the time. It's Regency. Go with it. Um, (laughs) And uh, so um, Betty and her sister, Susan, are uh, her younger sister. Her older sister is named um, uh, Delilah. Okay. Um, and so Delilah's married. So uh, real quick, three sisters total. Three sisters total. And mm-hmm. Are both parents living or no? Uh, her uh, her father's dead, in fact. Okay. Um, okay. Her, her mother's alive, which is, I, I think, kind of where this is so important that she gets married into the right type of family. Mm. Because okay. they don't, I mean, they're living off their old wealth, and now that their father's gone, and he's actually not even, like, full dead, it's just he's missing. <laughs> and that's, like... Which makes I'm sorry, hold on. He's not even full dead. Whoa. We're, we're talking Regency England. Like <laughs> where the fuck is dad? Yeah, exactly. Where is he? Exactly. We don't know. And that's okay. why you have to say, well, he's dead. Kinda. Oh, right? so this is like a, like a social mores situation. He like might we as all well just be dead. Yeah, we all well just be. treat him as if he's dead. Yeah, because what's going to happen if he comes back? We're all going to be pissed off at him, Quite and someone's probably going to kill him. So, like, Quite the scandal. Scandal. Very scandal. Big scandal. And scandals are the things we have to avoid, which yes. is unfortunate for this family, right? Regency. Mm-hmm. Go with it. So, um, so this is a challenge, right? So, uh, Susan and uh, Betty. Pause for are, just a second. Sure. So, just so we're all clear. Yeah. When we make the T-shirt for Saucer and Austin Volume One in Bible and Prejudice, it's going to say Regency. Just go with it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. We're clear. Continuing uh, on. Yeah. Um, so uh, 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 Susan and Betty are out for a uh, a walk uh, amongst the town, um, and have, they're together. Um, they see suitors looking uh, because you know, in a way, Betty's kind of been called for because of. Um, um, did I tell you the name of her? Of her of no, her please do. Uh, her would-be husband's name is um, um, Donald. Just to like underscore how we don't like this person. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what's his um, social standing? Is he is he a lord? Is he a baron? Is he a w- wealthy businessman? Is he? He's a he's a very wealthy businessman uh, who's been granted a barony status. Um, and so it's kind of one of those things where. He, you don't really know what he does. Um, mm-hmm. He just like businessman means he got some sort of loan from his father, okay. uh, and then was given some sort of political title, uh, right. which allowed so him to do other stupid shit. Not so. of noble birth, but made so much money that the king granted him lands and title. Yes. So he is yes. both a commoner and a member of the gentry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Great. he's a yeah. He's a, he's like a day walker in that regard, right? <laughs> So. so so really not <laughs> You're a dork. I'm sorry, this is very serious. He's a daywalker, absolutely. Yeah. So uh not born into it, not part of the system. Yeah. Not okay. Okay. Which well, 
He become he's he has become part of the system, but wasn't born into it. Yeah, and okay. which is which is why, uh, from a family perspective, th- this is such an att- like this is maybe a good deal uh, for um, uh, Betty's mom. Uh, Betty's mom's name is um, uh, is is Mrs. Um, Deloitte, and so Hold on. so we have so we have well, Susan Deloitte, Betty Deloitte. Okay. <laughs> Delilah and Mrs. Deloitte. Deloitte. Delilah Deloitte. Delilah Deloitte. Wait, that's a delight. choice. Yeah. The uh, delightful the, Delilah Deloitte. Delilah Deloitte. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, there's a reason Del- Delilah is a little cagey sometimes. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about Mrs. Deloitte? Yeah. What's she like? So Mrs. Deloitte is, um, you know, she uh, she came from a lower status as well. So she's so like it's kind of like bad luck. Uh, it could be said bad luck since her husband has now halfway died. Uh, and sort of dead. And now she's dealing with like, oh, man, I just made it out. But now I can't. <laughs> and so she's very concerned with trying to reach this daywalker status. Right. This idea of like la- being a part of the royal landed gentry and like, you know, not a commoner. And so she's really concerned with that because that was something she grew up with. And that happens when you're in systemic poverty. Right. Like when you right. when you have to try to push so hard, you come become focused on that rather than recognizing there's like uh, be, and being able to engage with other parts because you, you have to survive right? how does that manifest itself in her behavior or like this constant stress right that's yeah. what you're saying totally. how, how does that show up like what are things that mrs deloitte does that might uh, let us know give us a little glimpse into her old brain pan great yeah so mrs deloitte uh she has um there's a couple like um a lot of passive aggressive kind of you know stand up straight you know your um, your uh, you have to forgive me I have a costume designer who'd be a part of this so like I wouldn't know uh, sure, the sure. full name names of these but uh, your your heavy curtain dress needs to be pressed right um, or uh, your bum roll isn't quite rolled enough that kind of stuff right mm-hmm. course it up a little bit you more you need to put more tampons in there. Yeah, right. Like you know, if you're gonna be bat, if you're gonna be Batman, like really lean. But for into serious, it. you do though. You're gonna, you're always gonna need more. Yeah. Um. Uh. So so she. It's a lot of those types of things. But there's others. Controlling. Those, very like, controlling. Very okay. controlling. But there's quirky things too, which make her a little bit of like a, a fun <laughs> character, even though we're not gonna like her a ton. Um, and this is all circumstantial, right? She's not a bad person. She just, you know, has gone through these things. Um, so for one, uh, she has this very weird tick of, re- of uh, once a month shearing a sheep on her own and then uh, taking that to uh, a wheel and spinning it and then creating a blanket that then uh, has some sort of cross stitch in it that says, be better. Very <laughs> passive aggressive, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then every- Uh, well, she gives it to her daughters, of course. <laughs> Is it a different daughter every month? Yes. Like the daughter that needs to be better the most? Yeah, actually, it stopped. Go- like, what you have, once you get married, you stop getting <laughs> these blankets. Well, how many blankets does Delilah have? Well, Delilah's been married for a little while, so oh. she has a lot less now. So who uh, has the most blankets? Does Betty have the most be best blankets? <laughs> Unfortunately, Betty be has better. the most. Uh, because she's so strong-willed. And, you know, uh, Mrs. Deloitte gives Susan a, ba- a pass uh, because she's young and she's still figuring herself out. But Be- Betty's just been this... <laughs> Like, doesn't give a shit kind of person. And Mrs. Deloitte's like, be better. 
all the time. Be better. Um, so it's um, it really you know this is why they have big houses because they have to store those those blankets. hope chests. Yeah, they hope all chests. have they all have multiple hope chests, not just one hope chest. And every single hope chest is filled with be better blankets. Yep, that's what's inside of those. Um, <laughs> so uh, and then there's like one other. <laughs> There's one other tick where uh, she says um, uh, apparently all the time when she's really mad, which is a very weird, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's an oddly kind of, she's like apparently, and it's very like, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, that's like, there's a lot of the passive aggressive controlling things and the be better blanket, but the apparently is like a, like a tick almost. Okay. Okay. I have another question. Yeah. So this book famously opens with one of the most famous first lines in all of literature, but I just can't remember it right now. What's the, what's the first line of this book of Pride yeah. and Prejudice? So the first line of this book, it's, it's Betty's line. And Betty's line is, um, uh, uh, why must I marry Donald? His, <laughs> his hair is not real. It's very, it's a very specific thing. Oh my thing. god, it's so famous! Oh, yeah. I forgot how good that first line is. It's why? really good. Jane Austen, genius. It, yeah. It's like when Kira Knightley did it. It was such a nice delivery. She went, "Why must I marry Donald? His hair is not, not real. Real. <laughs> Which why must I marry Donald? Which made His me hair is not <laughs> real." So. Which made me very subconscious, uh, self-conscious when I saw that film. Uh, you know, when I was a child, I suddenly was like, "Oh." Kira Knight likes hair, okay? I'm into it. Like, gotta take care of my hair. He's a hairy man. Yeah. <laughs> Donald is standing outside her front door with a sign that says, to me, you are perfect. And she's just like, to me, you are not perfect. Your hair is not, not real. real. It's very depth. Why There's a lot of, must I marry Donald? Lots of depth here. Um, <laughs> so wait, so she doesn't marry Donald, right? Well, um, okay, so we can't skip ahead, right? Yeah, don't skip so, ahead. This sorry, is the, sorry. This is the challenge associated with this. She's supposed to marry Donald. That's like okay. their families have talked about it. There's a dowry figured out. Like there's all this bit. Um, and so uh, on this walk where, where she's out with her with her sister Susan, um, some storm clouds are on the horizon. Uh, mm -hmm. It's kind of like, oh, well, let's get the storm walk is in. coming. A storm is coming, uh, and we got to get this walk <laughs> in. I don't. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but the storm is a metaphor. Psst, psst, you guys, there's a storm over there. The storm is a metaphor. So uh, as they kind of walk through, uh, there's some suitors around or potential suitors who are looking at uh, Susan, which gets Betty all kind of like, wow, motherfuckers, like she's too young. Don't like hold your horses, yo. Let her live her life. Mm -hmm. um, Very she doesn't need any more fucking be better blankets. Those are getting annoying. Um, and so <laughs> the so as they're walking, though, uh, across the way, across this kind of like as they're walking around. Um, and I should mention this town isn't less so much a town as in like a main street or anything like that. It's just a weird large garden where everyone exists. Mm -hmm. And they're just mm -hmm. always walking around this large garden. They're Sounds right. constitutional, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which I think I think that's a part of the Regency thing. So yes, just like, keep going with it. Oh, yeah. Um, so as they pass a hedge and they kind of look across the way over a fountain, um, we see uh, this this dashing uh, gentleman um, who uh, is kind of like he's definitely making an entrance, right? Like he's walking through this trellis that has a bunch of uh, uh, ivy over it, and he kind of like sweeps with his hands, like opens up the ivy and like presents himself. And that's like as Betty sees him and goes, oh, hubba, 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 what? 
which is the second famous line in this book, right? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so that's really like it gets to the very heart of the human condition. Totally. And hubba so hubba hubba what? Yeah. And so Betty then turns to Susan and goes, "Susan, who is that hunka regentness?" Um, and uh, Susan goes, well, "You know, I heard that's a that's a guy named Mister Darcy." Um, and Mr. Darcy, um, apparently an uh, awkward weirdo, and I don't know much about him. Uh, I hear he might have land, but, you know, not as much as Donald, so keep going with that. And Remind Betty, me who played Mr. Darcy? Uh, Mr. Darcy uh, is going to be played, because, right, I'm pitching this to Emma, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dream yes. casting. Dream casting. So Mr. Darcy is going to be played, um, you know, dream casting uh, for a 2022 production. Because okay. um, uh, we have to get through pay pandemics yeah, um very reasonable estimate yeah which emma and i inside of this uh elevator we're not comfortable with each other we're both very nervous it's a you're both face. facing the walls yeah we're talking i'm talking at a walled mirror at her yeah and you're mm -hmm. definitely you're both wearing face masks yeah I well, at, if i'm getting into an elevator i'm wearing a face shield too i'm going all oh wow in. you're yeah. going full in yeah um so uh who would play mr darcy would be um dream casting dream casting um it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be um, uh, Matt Damon. Okay. All right. Great. Okay. Great. All right. Yeah. Um, cool. 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 So also, cool. while we're on the subject, uh, what about the what um, the Deloitte sisters? Yeah. So we've got the three sisters. So who's Susan? So Susan uh, is played by. Oh, uh, I have to be uh, Audrey Plaza. Okay. Okay. Great. Aubrey. Great. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. Aub Great. Aubrey Plaza. And then Delilah. Hey there, Delilah. Delilah is going to be played uh, by. Um, uh, oh, you'll have to forgive me. I'm really bad at names. Uh, okay. She is um, uh, the main uh, character for *Handmaid's Tale*. Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Great. And then, yeah. and then who is our Betty? And, and Betty is played uh, by. Betty is played by... Um, it's a big decision. Important. It is a big decision. Uh, you know, I, I think Betty should be played by uh, uh, Laura Lyle. I'm going to give it to her. Laura she's Lyle! Like, Laura Lyle, Lyle. that's right. Granoli! Granoli deserves this chance. Yeah, I think so, too. Great. Um, yeah. It's quite an age gap between between Mr. Darcy and and uh, and Betty. Yeah, well, but it's Regency. Get into it's, it. It's Regency. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Just so we go to, with it. Yeah. Just go with it. That's right. You know um, what? I'm going to go ahead and give you a be better blanket for that, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, so they see each other. And uh, what's so uh, uh, Betty's like all into Mr. Darcy really enjoys like his visage. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Susan's like, well, you know, he's not that great. And you're already called for. So I'm going to go. Because uh, you're apparently not going to leave this town garden that we're hanging out in. So I'm going to go. Town garden. Town garden. Yeah. Um, so uh, Betty goes over to Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy's first name, by the way, is just John. Okay. Yeah. Okay. John oh, Darcy. Oh, no, I got, that, I got that wrong. It's not John. Uh, that's the colonel. Uh, John. It's actually um, <laughs> Chad. Chad Darcy. Chad Darcy. Chad Darcy. Great. So uh, Betty goes over and, t and starts talking to Chad, Mr. Darcy. Um, and you know, they're not on a first name basis yet. So he's, he's like, Oh, hello, Miss Deloitte. Cause he knows of her Regency. Uh, and she's like, hello, Mr. Darcy. And then, um, the storm starts rolling through as they're like making awkward jokes to each other. Um, and, uh, they start running away to try and find some thing that will not let them get wet. 
and so they run to this weird kind of pantheon house that exists um, that houses that it could fit uh, six families, but only houses one woman. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's it's actually just one. It's one gentleman who has decided that uh, he's going to be a recluse for the rest of his life. So, he, him. He, Are we talking like an estate? Like yeah, massive, big estate. ass, massive okay. estate. Yeah. Could, What's the estate called? Uh, the estate is called um, uh, the um, uh, Notre Dame estate. The Notre Dame estate. So they run towards the Notre Dame estate mm-hmm. to escape the rain shower. Yes. Okay. And as they get there, uh, all the while they've been having a very in-depth conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, a little parkour being thrown in there, you know, some stuff <laughs> like that. Um, and so when they that get... must be really hard in her fucking empire waist dress. And... Well, but what we realize though is that she is much more athletic than most people because if she can do that in that dress, that's ridiculous. It's all right. the daily constitutionals, I assume. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's doing a lot of laps in that garden. Mm. About around the town garden. Yeah, around that town. Hold garden. on, if we're getting, if this is such an important scene, if we're getting to the Nostradamus estate, I need to pour myself another beer. Excellent. Yeah, let's wait for it. Really, we got to live in this one because this is like this is kind of seminal, iconic. Right? Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah very iconic. iconic scene. Um, so they, you know, they've known a little bit of each other and, you know, obviously Betty just learned about Chad and Betty was like, you know, they were talking during their parkour session about, uh, how they feel about each other and, you know, what their impressions are and where they're going with their future. Um, and there's a lot to be done. Like it's a big garden. There was a lot to parkour over during this, um, storm. And so, uh, the trouble though is that, um, uh, Chad is well. Mr. Darcy is kind of like grating, and he's like got a he's like he's, he's very sensitive, but he doesn't communicate very well. And Betty's mm. like very strong-willed and really wants him to communicate, and he's not communicating. It's really you know kind of frustrating. And there's this obviously obvious like tension and and um, and attraction that's there. And uh, so the rain has just started to come down. Let we let the rain pour. Uh, the rain come down. They've gotten to this estate um, somewhere in the distance. This guy who lives in the Nostradamus estate was like, "Someone else is here," but I couldn't tell because this is too big. <laughs> um, and then you know, Betty kind of looks at Mr. Darcy and says, "You know, I just wish you'd, uh, um, I just wish you'd tell me you loved me and to take me." Uh, and Mr. Darcy's like, "Well, that's a little aggressive. I didn't think you wanted all that, but I do love you." And, uh, you know, we could make a life, but I don't know what that looks like because I don't have any money. And so suddenly... Wait, 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 wait. Pause. Yeah. Chad Darcy, poor? Uh, uh, he's poor. His family's not. Got it. Oh, was Go he, on. Was he disowned or something? He was disowned. He okay. was disowned. Why was he disowned? He was disowned because um, he, uh, he mistakenly uh, sold lambs to the butcher that were supposed to be used for wool. Um, oh. And so the lambs went to slaughter, and the instead of, they didn't have wool for the rest of the. So he's days. a poacher. Well, he he's he's just not very good in the sheep business. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, like that's a big deal. Uh, so his like, parents were maybe kind of dickheads. Yeah. They're yeah. Oh, totally. Okay. Totally. Because I mean that's a relatively simple mistake if you're uh, you know a little aloof, um, which Mr. Darcy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, aloof they, and poor, terrible combination. I know, yeah. but he still maintains his wardrobe, which makes it confusing. Okay. So question, if, if the, Chad Darcy is one of our leads and, and Betty Deloitte is the other. Yes. Um, is, 
is one of them proud and one of them prejudiced, or are they both both? Like, what what is the deal? How does the title work in with those two characters? Great question. Um, so <laughs> Thank with you. Thank you. yeah, uh, so um, the this is so this is the challenge because Betty is is proud. Betty is like this proud person who is like I am my own I am my own individual. I don't know why I should have to succumb to these these ridiculous cultural and structural like expectations of women being subservient to men and it doesn't make any sense it all yeah. fucking sucks it does fucking um, suck so it does suck. she's like so she's looking you know the per- this donald guy she's supposed to marry just is going to put her in that place in a way that it just doesn't feel good for her um doesn't feel right uh which you know isn't um and mr darcy on the other hand he's a little prejudiced and not because of like towards um uh, you know, Betty for any any particular reason, but he he is bought into the system, and so it's hard for him to see beyond uh, beyond those those systemic issues and those systemic and that structure. So as he's you know kind of confessing his love for this person who is um, you know at the moment of a higher status than he is because of his disownment, um, like he doesn't want to bring her down mm. because he's like I'm. You know, I am lowly, and I am prejudiced against lowly people because I used to not be lowly, and now I am lowly, and so I'm prejudiced wow. against me. And like, it's a very complex mm. kind of. It's got it all. Yeah, it's, a little it's self-hating. really. Yeah, it's a yeah. very self-loathing scenario. Yeah, mm. this is kind of why Chad is like not. He's you know he's 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 hard to talk to. He's a little down. You know, he's got a mm-hmm. bit of an Eeyore thing going on. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was a big scene that happens within 15 minutes. Oh wow. Yeah, they oh met each God. other parkour and then had this big moment. Um, As usually happens after parkour, let's be real. Cool. I mean, <laughs> you've got the blood pumping. There's Emotions there's run high. Endorphins, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the storm breaks, uh, and they go their separate ways. Um, uh, but as they're leaving, uh, Betty turns and, uh, or uh, not Betty, it's uh, Mr. Darcy, uh, turns around and says, Betty, and, uh, or pardon me, uh, Miss Deloitte. Um, and uh, Betty turns around and goes, what? And he goes, uh, I am sorry for my brashness. I would like <laughs> us to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I would like that. And uh, Betty goes and curtsies. And then turns around and walks away. And then stifles, yeah, she thwarps and she... Uh, no walks. response from Betty, though. No, no comeback, just like... All right, bud. Well, then she turns back around and says, meet me here tomorrow at noon. At the Notre Dame estate. Notre Dame estate. Because Notre Dame. Yeah. So it's so a it's cross a between Notre Dame and, and no, Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Yeah, no, Notre Dame. Okay, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, exactly. Mm-hmm. The, um, so it's like the like the French Irish, the fighting yes. French Irish. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. And that weirdly, they can see the future. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that's mm-hmm. how that's how that clarity happened so fast, right? Because they were <laughs> on the estate. That's fifteen minutes. It's hard to confess your love to somebody yeah, after just realizing it. That's intense. Yeah. So it's, you're po- saying it's a psychic hotspot. Psychic mm-hmm. hotspot. Yeah. Okay. A vortex. Yeah. yeah. There's like a there like a, there's a, the perception filter for the future has been lifted when you go there. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right. Um, so Betty goes to Donald immediately, says the wedding's off, uh, and Donald deuces Don- Donald deuces. She goes deuces, and Donald's like, 
Um, I, uh, um, he says something very crass um, and, you know, not very appropriate and uh, kind of implies that Betty's going to live in the mud. And um, many sa Betty says, well, you know, at least I will, um, I will know love and I will know uh, heartfelt relationship and, 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 um, and partnership versus subservienceness and being yours. And so, okay. You. So, mm -hmm. so Kira, Kira Knightley, wait, no, I'm sorry. Who was playing Betty? Um, Granoli. Granoli. Lauren right. Lyle. Granoli, yeah. Um, so, so Granoli would say, um, I may live in the mud, but at least I will know love and exactly. not subservience. <laughs> exactly. Like that? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. how she did it. Um, That's so also an iconic moment. It yeah. is iconic. Yeah. So Donald just turns around and actually just asks, and just gets another, it's like, um, it's like, he he realizes he's missing love and like there's a much more complex kind of moment happening here. Does um, he though? Well, but here's the thing, is that he sees it, he knows it, but he's just such a piece of shit. He doesn't realize that uh, that it, just him getting another wife is not going to actually fill the hole in his heart. He just keeps going from one thing to another. So another yeah. wife. So was he married before? Uh, no. No, he's, because he's now he he can't marry Betty. Oh, what, you yeah. mean like a different. Beyonce. Yeah, because to him it didn't matter if it was Betty or not. It was just Betty. He was just like, that's my person. Um, so Ooh. now he's just going to find So he else. was in love. He was, he, f you know, for what he thought love should be. Oh, he thought oh, okay. he was in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then um, Mr. Darcy, uh, we don't actually know what happens because he lives in a black box. We don't know his side of the story very well. Uh, but we do know that he uh, sent a letter to his parents and said, um, uh, be better. And then he <laughs> did it come with a did it come with a Mrs. Deloitte original? Did uh, he send it with a blanket? Uh, but he didn't know he couldn't not yet because Mrs. Deloitte has to be introduced to him. And that's going to be another like that's like kind of a little outside the scope of the story. Um, OK, but he does send a spool of wool. Just to like just a little note to his parents like I get it now. I get it. Um, <laughs> I've changed. Yeah. You'll notice that this wool does not have any blood on it. Yeah. This was harvested or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Anyway. Not shorn uh, from a corpse. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. Um, so, uh, so then, uh, and so Betty, there's a couple scenes with Susan and Delilah because they, like, Betty has to communicate, like, her, you know, what she's doing. And uh, she wants Delilah to know that, you know, even though she's in this marriage, like, she should try to find love with her husband or whatever it might be, but just know that she is a person and that is, like, of equal weight and, and importance. And she also conveys this to Susan to say, hey, you know, you're going to be, you're, someone's going to try to put you together with someone, but, um, you know, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. Mm. Um, and then uh, there's a scene with Miss, Mrs. Deloitte um, where uh, Betty tries very, very hard to have a heartfelt conversation, but the, literally the only thing Mrs. Deloitte does is say, apparently, and then opens a hope chest and pulls out a blanket and just throws it at her. Just Whoa. left, just keeps happening God. left and right. It's like she, you know, she's been through. A, Mrs. Deloitte. Mrs. Been Deloitte's a been through some shit, but that does not excuse this ratty ass behavior. Yeah, not that at is all. Emotional abuse. Yeah. It is, and a waste of wool. Uh, truly, think about all those places, all those people that could keep warm. You know. Yeah. Um. So Betty then uh, and Mr. Darcy find each other uh, the next day at noon. Um. Uh. Mr. Darcy has actually come with a ricker. Um, a vicar, pardon me, a vicar, not a ricker. Uh, and the, they, uh, he says, hey, vicar, we want to get married. And so they do. 
uh, but it's a little in secret. No one knows about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Mr. Darcy uh, actually has to, so he's like, well, well let's go meet out. We're going to meet at this one place. Uh, so I'll meet you there. You go, uh, Betty, and then I'll meet you there. Uh, and then um, as Mr. Darcy's getting his stuff together, um, apparently his, like, rival shows up into the t- town garden. Um, his, and his rival, Donald, or a different rival? A different rival. It's not okay. even Donald. It's just some random character. We're just like, whoa, there's this weird family feud going oh, on. Oh, so like an unrelated family feud. Yeah. Okay. And so then suddenly, uh, uh, but and Darcy's best friend, who also just kind of shows up, and we're like, what's going on? Oh, Darcy's best friend is, uh, his name is... Um, uh, um, is this the colonel? Yes, this is the colonel. Okay. So the colonel is uh, like, he says, you know, don't worry about this. I'll take care of this. Uh, but then this rival, uh, rival's name is um, Danny. And Danny, Colonel what? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, colonel Mustard. And that, I mean, that, where do you think that came from? Uh, and so, uh, so this colonel, is amazing. I just learned so much about Clue. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Colonel Mustard and Danny uh, end up getting into a fight. <laughs> and then uh, Danny. But, you know, Darcy doesn't want this fight to happen. And he's like, you know, guys, be chill, be chill. And then Danny ends up killing Colonel Mustard mm. with a fucking candlestick. It's ridiculous. Where, the, where does in, he kill him? Uh, in the uh, observatory. In the, in the garden town. In the garden town. Observatory. <laughs> town, okay. town. What was it? Town. Town garden. <laughs> town garden. Town garden. In yeah. the town garden. Uh, and so suddenly... Uh, apparently Danny's a big deal and, uh, you know, Colonel, the Colonel is Colonel Mustard of all, you know, he, he's fought in wars and done expeditionary work. Um, and so now like. And seasoned many and a he hot in, dog. And I mean, also, yeah, invented a condiment. Let's be real. <laughs> Truly. The best condiment. The yeah. best condiment. Well, really appropriated from another culture, but we should just. Yes. Maybe but I mean, that. so Always. with many British colonels. <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and so, um. So suddenly, uh, Chad is now very upset because he just lost his best friend and condiment maker, Colonel Mustard, Um, and then (laughs) grabs a a length of rope uh, and starts to just whip Danny uh, to the point where he accidentally kills Danny with his with his rope. It was very it's very intense. I was going to say that's got to be a pretty intense scene right there yeah and here's the thing Danny's actually comes from a very like he is definitely landed gentry right like he comes from a very prominent family and Darcy doesn't so Darcy has to try and like run away and in running away accidentally um he ha- he tries to get him off his trail trail by saying I'm dead but then suddenly everyone thinks he's dead and now that story goes back to Betty and Betty thinks he's dead and she comes back to town ends up killing herself he's actually not dead so he kills himself too so they do a whoa. F- hold on, they do a full Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, it's like it's crazy how this comes back around. You know, there was man, a, there was a lot happening in this, wow. in this movie. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason why it's a miniseries, guys. Twists, turns, plot twists, like all of it. But, it's all there. Okay, so uh, I don't want to be insensitive. Sure. But like, <laughs> tell me about their death scene. Yeah, so it was really sweet. okay so um you know i giggle because i'm just uncomfortable about how like how loving it was you know Mm -hmm. uh so uh chad is uh played by matt damon played by matt damon uh yep uh (laughs) chad is um so he's he um uh so, it, it, you know, he, he just let, it was like, he thought he was dead. 
And then, so she was then, uh, like, that's just like the word got out. So then she tries to kill herself, right? Um, and, but it was more like, it was like this, w- wait, uh, hold on, I might have missed, mi- I kind of mixed this up. Okay. Because, yeah, she thought he was dead. And so she was like, well, I can't live without him, but like, what's going on? And sure. yada, yada. And so it was this reasonable, of, oh, I'm going to do this thing, right? Um, and she's laying out on, uh, at uh, the, uh, the Notre Dame uh, estate. Um, in one of the many rooms that no one ever visits um, be- uh, because it's just so fucking huge. Why does one person live there? Mm-hmm. And uh, she's hiding there and uh, she is about to uh, um, take a hemlock, uh, like uh, poison, right? Some, mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm going to do this um, and this is really rough. She and um, we and have this in common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as she's about to drink it, uh, as she's about to drink it, um, she says, "No, you know what? I should take a nap. Uh, like I should, I should, th- I should sleep this off. I really got. You know think what? Sometimes this. that urge for a nap is just undeniable. It just yeah. comes on you. Yeah. Oh yeah. So she was like, you know what? This is maybe too much. I'm gonna second guess myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just sleep here in this random room in Notre Dame's uh, Notre Dame's uh, state. Well, Mr. Darcy comes back and goes to this room and sees her sleeping, but sees." the poison vial next to her. And thinks, 100% Romeo and Juliet. Like thought, oh my God, I, she killed herself. That's, no, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> man, why'd she do, oh, well, I guess I said I was dead. I guess our love is really strong. That's nice, but oh no. Um, and so he sees there's poison left and goes, well, I'll join her. Um, this is too hard for me. And so he drinks it. And as he drinks it, uh, she yawns and wakes up and he goes, oh, uh, fuck. Have uh, this. And, and she goes, well, you drink it all, and you're dying, and I'm glad you're alive, and uh, this, is, this is a lot going on. Uh, and he goes, I know, I'm, I, well, uh, and he doesn't get the full sentence out. He's a little bit nervous, and Hemlock killed him. So wasted moments. Be, be sure to be direct and succinct with people, everybody. Um, and so he dies in her arms, which is horrifying, because now she, he's died twice for her, you know, um, in her mind. She's lost him twice. Yikes. And, uh, yeah. That's so then deep. Uh, then I, she actually doesn't, I should, you know, I, I said she kills herself, but she actually doesn't kill herself. Oh. Um, what ends up happening is the, the uh, common lo- misconception. Well, mm-hmm. so the Laird of, uh, the no- Notre Dame estate finally walks into that fucking room and then sees these two random people and he ends up, uh, killing her <gasps> with, um, uh, uh, with a revolver. Um, what? by the way, the Laird is named Mr. Plum and that room and- is the conservatory mm-hmm. perfect? Is he? What's his profession? Oh, he's a professor. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, professor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he kills um, her in the conservatory with a revolver. With a revolver. With a revolver. Yeah. Right. Um, and so he uh, <laughs> he then realizes who it is, and like he didn't want to be charged with murder, and like all these things. So he actually just too late. Gave, well, he just gave her the revol- he put the result- revolver in her hand oh. and made it look like she killed herself. And this is before CSI, so yikes. Yeah, no one would yeah. know, right? Like they'd be like, "Oh, well, I see it in her hand; she oh must have done it, right?" Pride because and unfortunately, this society thinks very little of women, and it's very unfortunate. So, like, hence you the know prejudice. What? Yeah, truth. Um, so, yeah, so it's a very there's a, a lot happens yeah. in this man book. I I went on a journey. I did. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not at all prejudiced. Prejudiced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, so that was So fun. Emma says, <laughs> well, thank you. I'll have to think about that. And then off she walks yeah. with her mask on. Um, I, we're not going to tell. Usually this is the part when having done 
a Maria solved. It was a delight. Also, once having done one just as like a party game, just for fun, without back a in microphone, the um, yep. and it it was really fun. Uh, this is usually the point when Julie and I would tell you what actually happens, but we're not going to. Nope. <laughs> because we're going to watch it. Yeah, I will tell you, however, it doesn't end like I said that Elizabeth Bennett's oh nickname is Lizzie, not Betty. But well, yeah, mm-hmm. but you got Elizabeth. You got right. Elizabeth. Yeah, that Deloitte was, way off. Deloitte. Yeah, I, I I thought of the consulting firm. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I was with you one hundred percent. That's yeah. how nerdy I am. Naturally. I, mm-hmm. Naturally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was sense. a that was a Deloitte. I enjoyed every moment of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can't wait for you to meet Chad Darcy. (laughs) It's going to be great. You know, the funny thing is you also, some of the like plot points you were pulling are things that happen in other Jane Austen novels. (laughs) Um, Like the mom you described is actually a lot more like the mom from Sense and Sensibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And like the number of sisters is the number of sisters from Sense and Sensibility. And there's like a going to the Grand Manor is a Northanger Abbey thing. And like it was it was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, I enjoyed the clue references. <laughs> yes, the clue references were okay. my favorite. So we have to adjust. We have to adjust. So when we inevitably make the T-shirt, the back is going to say Austin Austin Volume One. It's Regency. Go with it. And the front is just going to be a design of a blanket on which is lovingly hand-stitched, be better. (laughs) (laughs) I might have to fucking, I might have to, I might have to just, I, so I learned to cross-stitch and have mostly forgotten how to do it, but I could relearn it. I might have to get a blanket and fucking cross-stitch, be better into it just for you, (laughs) Janine. Yeah, I I did that. I cross, listeners, Julie is holding up a thing that I made for her and Neil one Christmas, which is a cross-stitch that says, God damn it, Neil, with some hearts (laughs) around it. Um, So it'll just say, be better. Be better. Better. better that shit was so the funny the blanket was definitely my favorite <laughs> just it was and you know what i can see it i can see it i can <laughs> see jane austen right because jane austen writes a lot of like shitty moms who are very overbearing and neurotic yeah. mm-hmm. i can see her writing a character that's like yeah my poor nerves my nerves take this blanket my nerves like that mm-hmm. my I poor do- nerves i do feel like I, I i i didn't know how to end it which is why i, w- I went romeo and Juliet. well naturally i mean uh, you know, know what else go. you got right number walks there's so many walks lots of walks so around walks. town garden yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's dead on the storm obviously is the staple in the cure nightly one although there is a very important rainstorm in the plot of Pride and Prejudice that I don't actually remember whether or not the Karen Knightley movie includes it. Um, also, you, I'll, I will say this. There are five Bennett sisters. Oh, wow. None of them is named Delilah or Susan. Okay. Um, but there are there are multiple of them. Also, none of them are married. Was the was her dad softly dead? No. Half dead? No. no. Well, you know what? He Up was, to interpretation. He was, um, he's phoning it in. He's distant. Uh-huh. They are. He really loves Lizzie, but can't be bothered with the stupid, like, 
trying to get my daughters married. Like he just doesn't have time for the actual realities of his life as a father of five daughters. Yeah, he mm. is. He's very funny and charming and not engaged in the way that he should be. Mm. Um, there is a young and carefree and charming younger sister. Uh, so that is. I don't think Kitty's charming. Oh what? I mean, we're not supposed to, but the gentlemen do. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> so Kitty grows up to be the mom knitting the be better blankets. Oh, is what the Kitty's Bennett sisters do. are Kitty, Lydia. Lydia, by the way, is who I was talking about. Oh, Lydia. Lydia is the That's youngest. right. Lydia, Kitty, Mary, Lizzie, Jane, and oh. uh, our friend Brooke wrote a play about the Bennett sisters running away and getting shipwrecked on a deserted island. And the name of that play is Let's Eat Mary. Let's Eat Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Because Mary is the fucking worst. You know what? If I was ever in, when I was younger, if I was ever in a stage adaptation, I guarantee you that is the part I would have Well, you would have been amazing. By Mary Mm -hmm. is the worst, I mean Mary is the best. Her character is just such a sack of shit. She is. She's the worst. She's the worst. You would have been so funny. Mm-hmm. I like. I don't want to be a dick, but I, I, I was a Lizzie. Yeah, no, I back I would not have day. been a Lizzie back in the day. I, would I was le- definitely Mary. like the clever that one. Mm-hmm. That was me. Um, and then I wasn't. Anyway. <laughs> and then I aged out. And I aged out, and also stopped acting. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Mr. Darcy's name is Fitzwilliam. You never would have gotten. You that. could never have guessed it. <laughs> um, uh, Although Fitzwilliam is an incredible name for a pet, just anybody. That's sure, a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, also, the name of the estate, the famous estate. They go to several estates, but the famous estate, the is biggin, Pembalay. Pembalay. Oh, Pembalay. Pembalay became a thing for Neil and I. Now, anytime there's like a beautiful house somewhere, like we're watching a movie and there's an incredible house, whatever, we both go, Pembalay. Pembalay. You know what? It sounds a lot like when we go, um, fucking. Plumlay. Plumlay. Um, who used, used to play for the Portland Trailblazers? Yes. Yes, that's what I thought. Um, Mason Plumlay. Plumlay. Anytime he would miss a shot, we'd always go, Plumlay. <laughs> Uh, this is so. I should say, Julie and I both do genuinely enjoy basketball, but occasionally, mm-hmm. because it's the longest sports season in all of existence, it feels like anyway. Uh, we have to amuse ourselves, so we just come up with nicknames and then shout things. Also, once I started a lengthy Twitter conversation with quite a number of people about who were the hottest basketball players. There are a mm-hmm. lot of them. Sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's there's a lot. To, uh, there there lot was a big debate about whether or not LeBron James is hot. The answer is yes. I agree yeah, with he's that. hot. He's hot. Yeah, he's hot. He's really. I mean, like he's a looker. Yeah, he is. He's not the hottest basketball player. Speaking of the hottest basketball player, did you know that today is the eight-year anniversary of Mr. Damian Lillard's draft by the Portland Trailblazers? Speak. I love that you put it that way because he is mm-hmm. the hottest. He's the hottest. Best. He's got mm-hmm. those cheekbones. God damn. And Stone Cold Assassin at the three-point line. He is. Lillard time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now that we've thoroughly butched up the pot. Um, yep. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to this first episode of Sauced in Austin, Volume 1, Imbibe and Prejudice. Imbibe and Prejudice. Uh, the next time you hear us, we will begin by watching Episode 1. 
Janine is, I must say, unsure whether or not he's going to be able to watch with us. However, I would like to challenge him whether or not he can watch with us to watch sometime between now and when we finish it, because I am sure you all want to know his thoughts. It is good, too, dude. It's yeah. good. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean. And each episode is only an hour, so it's like you're bored, you want to eat your dinner or whatever, pop one on. Sure. It's just, it's good. I mean, in these days where I can watch three episodes of an hour-long, sh- you know, series, mm-hmm. um, really is not. And there are only six of them, so it's not like wh- a whole series, is a season of Outlander. It's yeah. shorter. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? Um, uh, it's, it's a delight. It's really fun. Uh, and then we'll watch a bunch of other things. So uh, if you want to watch along with us, you can do that. And you can keep up on what we're watching in Lynn by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can follow us on Twitter at podlandercast. You can follow us on Instagram by following me. I'm at Allison Chu, although I have to admit I don't post very often. And now I really don't post about the drunk cast because we don't ever meet in person anymore. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. Go look at photos of me from... January being sad about I don't know what something I was sad about something um, uh, you can support us on Patreon the best perk on Patreon is you can join our Slack community which is thrive which is 30 flirty and thriving um, which is <laughs> very active includes at the moment a lot of like zoom happy hours that are being created by the people who are there there's a watch along happening um, there's like a community gathering once a week for people who feel like they need to have sort of a place of peace which is what it's called um, some really cool social activism things happening. It's just the best. Uh, so you can do that by joining us through Patreon at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast, where there are lots of levels with lots of perks. Uh, we want to thank all of our patrons who make it possible for us to do the show, which is a little bit expensive because we can't shut up, so our file sizes mm-hmm. are huge. Um, very large. They are really, they're very large. So we want to thank all of our patrons, but especially, here we go, it's been a while. It's been a while! How long is this list now? We'll find out. Oh, right. my God. <coughs> Ann Gibson, Betsy English, Dr. J, Zena Perez, Stella Welch, Misty O'Jeppy, Kayla Regan, Amanda Newton, Jen Lander-Drunklin, Trish McCrary, Lori McGuire, Katie Kirshner, Beth Locke, Kelsey Kemp, Denise Perkins, Madison Johnson, Brittany Holbert, Emily Day, Kelly Mazella, Caitlin Reddick, Maureen McCurden, Ashley Tegason, Kristen, Rochelle Lefevre, The Other Janine, Amy Gustafson, Mary the <laughs> Falling Statue, Shannon Duffy, Alicia Best. Glynn, Liz Peniston, Philip Nacco, Heather Moore, Amanda Smith, Whitney Harrington, Chrissy Shively, Get Well Chrissy, Mary, Emma Lowfold, Samantha Smith, Jenna Polkowski, congratulations Jenna, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Tara Lucchino, Mary Lumpkin, Crystal Nanavati, Ruth McCormick, Kara Marlowe, Flourish Root, Friday Payton, Friday Payton, Kathleen Moniz, Hi, Hi Mom, Hi, Mom. Uh, Kelly Bodden, Heather Robbins, Laura aka Viv Pickles, and our unofficial Slack Den Mom, Kiki, the, the wise. wise. We want to thank you all so much for making it possible to do this show that we love so much. You're the best. Um, and I guess that's it until you hear us next week talking about the first episode of A&E's Pride and Prejudice starring Colin Firth, Jennifer Ale, um, the blonde whose name I never remember. Laurel Island. Um, <laughs> nope. No, it's and not Lauren uh, Lyle. La- Lauren Lyle wouldn't have been a zygote. A yeah. uh, distant cousin of Helena Bonham Carter. Oh my God! That's right. The gal that plays Safi and fucking absolutely no, no, fabulous. No, 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 is no, 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 no. Uh, Mr. Fucking 
Jane's guy. What the fuck is his name? Mr. Bingham. Bingham. Mr. Bingham is mm-hmm. uh, somebody Bonham Carter. But I do think that Lydia. Lydia, maybe she is. I don't know. I will I say. I think she might be related to Helena Bonham Carter because she was the gal that played uh, Saffron on Absolutely Fabulous. Uh, the person who plays the sister of. Oh my God. It's because I've had two beers. What's her fuck? Um, who maybe we'll find Mr. out when Hills. we go watch the uh, Anyway, it's uh, Lucy Davis who's in uh, Wonder Woman and, um, and the British version of The Office and. Um, Oh yeah, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, rather, as a tiny yeah. girl, as like a fourteen-year-old. Um, mm-hmm. It's good. It's gonna be fun. Yay! Fun. Yay! Content. Content. All right. Something to distract ourselves from the imminent demise of the planet, of everything. Of everything. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.